Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to Talkville, the ultimate rewatch show. Smallville rewatch show, that is. I stumbled on my announcer voice. Uh, yeah, we do it. We do it every week. You know the deal. We watch them. We critique them. That's what we do. Tom Wellings here. Ryan Tayez. Thank you, like Ryan. It is. Michael Rosenbaum is here. Uh, hey. Uh, socials. It is very important. You guys are listening, but if you want to keep the show alive, if you're liking it and you're like, if it gets canceled or we stop doing it, you're gonna be like, what are the, cause you, you don't leave reviews. You don't, you got to help us. <laughs> We're asking for your help. Yeah. But you're, you're also no offense. You're talking to the people who aren't listening. The people who are listening do support us. So I, I thank you to those people. Oh yeah. Tell I your, th- tell your friends to support us. <laughs> Our handles are talkville podcast on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. talkville pod on Twitter. We have the TalkvillePodcast.com for amazing merch. People are loving the merch. There's so much good stuff. I've got to order some stuff. I don't even get that free. Um, And we have uh, a few prints left of the art piece that Tom and I signed. There was only 55. I think there's, I'm not kidding around. There was five and I don't know. They might be gone. There's less, there's less now because I just bought one. Did you? Yeah. Oh, did you really? Well, yeah. You're lying. I want one. I want one. I would have just given you one. It doesn't work like that. That's true. Nice work, buddy. Nice work. We'll split the proceeds. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. uh, Also, promoting inside of you online store, my podcast. There's a lot of Smallville stuff on stuff, you know, there too. Also, if you didn't get a chance to call in our hotline and leave a question for this episode, make sure you do it for future ones. Please, we love your questions. Sometimes we answer them in the show, so we'll hear your voice, but we'll say, yeah, we, we know. And we'll move on. So don't feel like we're assholes. Uh, all that information and more is down in the show's description. And uh, if you want to call uh, the numbers 213-JET-CUTE, J-E-T-Q-U-T-E. Uh, without further ado, let's get into it. You can also you can also uh, reserve your private airfare on the same number. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, without further ado, let's get into season two, episode 17. This is called... Rosenbaumetta. Rosetta. All right. So I got a preface here. Probably one of, if not the top three, top five episodes in the history of Smallville. Just so you know, a lot to talk about. Very important people, part of this episode. Um, some very cool references going back, as you'll see, especially at the beginning. Um, and some subpar performances by some of the characters, which we'll get into. <laughs> Title Rosetta aired February 25th, 2003. Director James Marshall. Writers Al Goff, Miles Miller. Guest star Rob LaBelle as Dr. Frederick Walden and Christopher Reeve as Virgil Swan. Ryan, is there a co-director credit on this? 
Uh, I know who that is. It's Greg Beeman because he directed the Beam scene with Christopher Reeve, you and Christopher Reeve. So he should get Before, a co-directing credit. It just says James Marshall on Internet Movie Database. But Beeman directed just, the 15, 20 minute scene, which was probably a, a third or a fourth of the episode. So he gets credit for that scene, which was shot really great as well. <laughs> Clark searches for his true origin. Poor James. We, he, we adore him. He searches for his. He doesn't listen to this. He's great. He kills it. So. He knows we love him. Clark searches for his true origin and heads to New York to meet Dr. Swan, a scientist holding a message from his home planet. Lana leaves Chloe's house following yet another argument about guess who, Ryan? Oh, I thought it was rhetorical. It was, but I want to hear you. Oh. All right, real quick. I've already got something. Number one, Ryan, who is the cinematographer? Who's the DP? Uh, cinematographer for this episode, Barry Dunleavy. Barry Dunleavy. Yeah. Okay, so he did a great Don job. Levy. Great I don't know who the guy is who met us in New York and all. At a certain point when we see Chris, I'll get into my story about that. Yeah. Um, but I thought this story was it was quite visual. I think they did a great job. The camera was a little low, a little left on purpose and gave it more length. It wasn't so straight on in the, in the entire episode. I think Barry did a great job. Yeah, um, I agree. This episode was uh, one of the best hands down. The episode begins with Clark dreaming of flying around the town of Smallville and into the caves. So that goes back to the pilot. Sorry to jump in again. It goes back to the pilot. Clark flying above his bed in the pilot. Mm -hmm. Now he's in the cave flying. That whole thing. I remember doing that. And one of the things I'm proud of is when you see Clark's face hanging in the cave, you don't see the frustration in the face of Clark because I'm me playing the me being the actor. It's not comfortable at all to to do that. Yeah. And I remember my stunt double, Chris Saracen, is, I know you're uncomfortable, but don't keep, he said, keep the fight out of your face. And it's a, it's a boxing thing. Don't show that you're tired. Yeah. And I was like, boom. And when I watched this episode, I was like, I think I did a good job of doing that because yeah. it looks like he's hovering. So That's I'm going to jump in a lot in this episode. I like it. There you go. Um, as he gets to the spot in the cave walls with the octagonal carving, a spaceship key appears in his hand. He goes to the place the key is in its spot and suddenly he goes to place the key in its spot and suddenly wakes up in the middle of the road and gets spotted by an approaching driver. Guess who, Ryan? Lex Luthor. This is the second time we've seen Clark dream flying, of course, as Tom said. And the first the first was as actually in, in the episode Metamorphosis, you above Lana's bed. So it wasn't the pilot. Oh, I'm sorry. It was Metamorphosis. So what? So can I ask you a question? Sure, not if you can offend me. If Clark was there at three o'clock in the morning laying as he was on the like the crucifix theme, which is the point. Number one, I remember doing that and they would just wanted me to wake up. And I remember being like, you can't just wake up. I got to like, and if you notice, I do a little something before I wake up. And that was like me growing into the acting mode, if that makes any yeah. sense. And I'm a little proud of that. Number two, if it's 3.30 in the morning, where's Lex coming back from? Club Zero. <laughs> that was the puppy. Did you hear that? That was the puppy. The next morning, Clark arrives home to his concerned parents who are worried about their son's recent behavior. Clark shares the recurring dream he has of searching for answers. Reluctantly. Reluctantly, by the way. Again, I'm going to jump in a lot. Reluctantly, because Clark just wants to walk through it. What this does, which I think is really important, and it started in the last episode. Well, it started at the beginning, but you see a Jonathan Clark 
connection here. This is very difficult when 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 a child wants to go out on their own or find or seek what this truth is. And I think John Schneider just did a wonderful thing in this episode. Even when he breaks later on and he says, "I'm not ready to give that up yet." I just think it's a heartwarming. Yeah. It's just it a great is. thing. I I I love that. Jonathan's worried about the repercussions of Clark placing the spaceship key in the cave walls and Clark is angry that his father is holding him back. Back at Luther Manor, Lex questions Dr. Walden on why he plans to remove a piece of the wall from the caves, worried. Are you trying to uh, you trying to box me out, Dr. Walden? You uh, are your son? Later at Smallville High, the students are discussing an upcoming family tree project, and there's a mystery in every family. Some students are less than excited, like Chloe with her abandoned father, Lana, who just found her biological father, and Clark, who, well, you know. In the storage. Well, 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 since you said that again, jumping in, since you said that, that previous thing that you had with the doctor, that's your father jumping in. Because you're, mm. it's Lionel, you know what I mean? So there is that fourth, fifth level of storytelling here, which I think makes this episode it's family one of the best. and family dysfunction and family, yeah. unknown family and everything. In the torch, we see Clark getting a piercing headache from a sound no other student is able to hear. This inescapable sound leads him to return home. He heads into his family's shed, opens up a toolbox, reunites with the spaceship key. So what I didn't like about that, what, what I did love is the fact that, um, Pete, we have that scene where all of us are together, not you, but the rest of us. And Pete's talking about nuclear family. There's a very quick exchange, which I think is very funny and very brilliant. And the and the sort of, it's balanced, but I want to say ballerina, but the choreography of that scene is so intense and, is, and it works. What I didn't like is that Clark just goes like this, like he doesn't know where it is, but then somehow he goes back to the bar and knows. I wish there would have been more of a left or a right where he I, was. I, I agree. I agree. I understand yeah. that. It's more like it's leading me that way or it's leading yeah. me this way. And by the way, I will yeah. say this uh, and then I'll move on. Um, this this episode is is really, really well written. And it's obvious, you know, look at Alan Miles. When they when they put pen to paper, they uh, they don't take a lot of shortcuts. I mean, there'll be some flaws. There'll be some errors. They're human. But overall, you're getting a quality meal. Do you know every time I directed an episode of Smallville, I would reach out to Alan Miles and I would say, can you please take a pass on this? Yeah. Pass meaning like, and overnight they would, they would say yes. And they would look at the script because they're not always day to day. I would always reach out and be like, can you do me a favor and please overnight the scripts got better. I mean, yeah. they're just geniuses. Yeah. They're just, they just I agree. Fulfilling his dream, Clark takes the key into the caves, ready to place it into the rightful place on the wall. Once it's placed, the key causes the cave drawings around it to start rotating and emitting light, which is really dope. Suddenly a beam of energy, I think, shoots out from the wall, penetrates Clark's body. This knocks Clark out. And the next thing we see is Lex, of course, waking him up and wondering what the hell he's doing down in the caves. Being the second time this episode that Lex has found Clark passed out on the ground, he is concerned for his friend. Do we have any idea what that beam of light really did? I, uh, I didn't. I maybe didn't it was catch sort, it. sort of a calling, a sort of angelic, sort of boom in their own Kryptonian way. Back at the torch, Lana asks Chloe to use her computer for the genealogy assignment. Here, for the second time this season, we see Chloe getting her email hacked. Hmm. As Lana goes into a separate message and finds prom pictures of Clark and Chloe. Of course, she interrupts the invasion of privacy, understandably pissed that Lana did this, and Lana tells Chloe she should share her feelings for Clark. Chloe explains that she did while he was sick, but he only responded by calling out for Lana. Um, the next day, 
we see Clark and John loading up bales of hay. The two are discussing Martha's pregnancy, and we see a little vulnerability from Clark about his adopted mother's biological child-to-be. John Schneider, would he'd always keep an eye on me when I was... Obviously, Clark, those bales don't weigh anything. They're fake bales, okay? Let's just be honest. But he would have to lift them up as if they were weighted. Yes. And what happens is you lift them up like they're weighted, but when you throw them down, they don't land weighted. And I remember John that day saying like, are you filming the bales when they're set down? And he needed to know that because he was going to set them down differently. We're not because Clark could just lift them up because they're just like. But even when boxes. Clark put them down, you'd still see them that they're light. So but that's he where probably I learned- pushed. He probably put made some weight. So he put it down so it wouldn't do that and set it in its place. Yeah, that's because he's a director as well. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, the conversation is interrupted by Clark, who I'm surprised it wasn't Lex, who has another piercing headache, and this time it causes <laughs> him to accidentally use his heat vision, which is, this is remarkable, sending the Kent barn up in flames. They put the fire out and discover that burned into the barn is the cave symbol. As the Kents try to figure out what happened, Clark tells his parents that the symbol burned into the wall means hope. He learned this after being penetrated, that sounds weird, by the space beam in the cave, weirder. Jonathan is mad that Clark disobeyed him by going back to the caves, and Martha is curious where the spaceship key went. And where's the baby? Mm. Later in the town, we get serenaded by Coldplay as we see Lana and Clark talking about their adopted situations. Lex walks in, tries to talk with Clark, but he's too preoccupied and hurries out. Lex then finds the family tree that Clark was filling out. He'll just leave that there. However, that's, that bothered me a hair, just a hair. However, instead of Kent's on the tree limbs, we see more Kryptonian symbols. Lex is now suspicious that Clark understands the language of the caves. Now, this is one thing I wouldn't have allowed. This is the one thing I thought was like, this This is if almost you, the end of the movie. This is the third act of a movie. If you had read the whole script, you wouldn't have allowed this at the beginning. Well, because there's a lot of this as as we watch this, there's a lot of things that like in past episodes where I've been like, I didn't realize these things were adding up the way they were. I may have had more of an opinion. To me, I was in survival mode the whole time. I didn't episode to episode. I really was just trying yeah. to show up on time. Lex tells Dr. Walden the news. However, he thinks the Kansas farm boy doesn't know what he's talking about. Lex pushes back and says he must be there. Rosetta Stone. This episode is sponsored by Better Help. You know, a lot of us wish we had more time, but time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing in your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you could do more of it. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself, and it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. Therapy can help everyone be the best they can be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Listen, learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Dot com slash talkville. Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like y'all. Us Days at U.S. Cellular. 
Exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers could get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Visit uscellular.com for terms and restrictions. Clark goes to the torch to confront Chloe about all the extra attention that their house is receiving now that she's published the Barnes burning story. Chloe, Why'd she do that, by the way? That was annoying. Sorry, it was. it was just annoying. She has a Volkswagen bug, bugging people. Recognizing <laughs> her mistake, Clark promises to let it go if she forgives Lana. The love triangle continues next on Smallville. But, hey, it's got to continue. We get it. Before he leaves, Chloe shares emails from a Dr. Swan, who is urgently trying to get in touch with Clark, claiming to have hope for him in relation to the barn symbol. Clark goes back home, away from Chloe, and uses Pete Pete's help to email Dr. Swan. Did you did you catch how important it was back then to open up a computer? Like, by the way, <laughs> do you notice he's using Wi-Fi, which really wasn't a thing? He just opens up the computer in the barn, but it's a big deal. Like, back then, when we were shooting the show even, you didn't just have access. You had to, like... But Clark just opens up a laptop, laptop on a, a hay bale, and he's like, hold on, I'm due to get online. You know, it's like... But you liked it. Looking back. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I liked it. Dr. Walden returns to the caves, driven by his ego to not let the Kansas boy be right. There, he defi- he finds the spaceship key in the side of one of the walls. Walden carves it out, takes it to the octagonal hole in the wall, and is penetrated by the beam. The space beam. The space beamin. However, because he doesn't have Clark's strength, it just knocks him out against a wall and puts him into a catatonic state i thought this was really dope that was really really cool and i love seeing his eyes all white in the next scene lex and clark visit walden in the hospital lex continues to badger clark about what he really knows with the cave language their conversation is interrupted when a courier finds clark and delivers oh, oh, the package. so this so makes lex when, more suspicious when when clark and lex are walking down the hospital lane i literally remember us having that scene you one do? of the most important things about that scene is lex doesn't follow anyone He's always walking in front of everyone he's talking to. This is one of the rare times that Clark's walking forward. And I remember that corner. I just, for some reason, I remember that day. And I remember I was going to turn in and then turn back to you. And you were like, no, 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 I'm going to stop you. And it was just like a little actor thing. And maybe nobody cares about it. But like you were standing up for your character, but doing something that your character has really never done before. Because Lex doesn't wait for anybody. Lex doesn't follow anybody. But you, but this, you, but you're, yeah. you're his friend and he cares about you. Yeah. So he changed it up a little bit. The package is a postcard from Dr. Virgil Swan. Clark takes this back to the torch and learns all about his technological and philanthropic achievements from Chloe, who is curious why the billionaire cares about a sophomore from Kansas. Chloe heads back home and finds Lana packing up her things and expressing how she doesn't feel like moving in with the Sullivans. Well, there you go. It's not a smart move. Chloe reassures her by showing that Lana was marked as her sister in her family tree project. Is there anything funny about the guy who delivered the package to Clark in the hospital? He's just like some kid. He reminded me of the guy from uh, Christmas Vacation. You remember when he opens up? (laughs) He's got one line. He goes, I got a package from Mr. Grissom. His hair is is sticking out of his head. (laughs) Yeah. And then, wait, wait. And then Clark, Clark, that's funny. His name's Clark Griswold. Goes and it's he's like, oh my god, this is it. This is the the raise I've been yeah. looking for. And as the door closes, yeah. he goes, eh, eh, Merry Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> he was great just in that moment. I thought this delivery guy was he did a good job too. No, he, listen, he was great. But looking back, you would have thought it'd been like a security guy a from a million like, percent, a, a million. DCA guy, but who's like no, surrounded no, by guys with no, guns. I'm going to disagree. You know why? 
Because Swan is smart enough to know he can't draw attention to it, and he wouldn't want you drawing attention. So he got some schlub to just give it like it was a package, (laughs) so no one would turn their head and go, "Wait, what is? Who's Clark talking to? Especially Lex, if Lex is around." Clark heads back home to share the Swan news with his parents, but Jonathan is very concerned, like you talked about earlier, about this mystery man reaching out to his teenage son on the internet. Clark barks back, but Jonathan barks louder, determined to protect his son. It was a powerful scene. Dude, I love, I just, I I just love what Snyder does always, but in this episode, he has such presence presence and such patience it's it's a very difficult situation if you put yourself in his shoes i forgot how good john was until i started watching this again i forgot the kind of performances that he put and the work he put into it like we dude and look and look what's being asked of him you know what i mean like if you read it a lot of times when i watch movies and stuff i'll think about when it comes to performances i'll think those were all just lines on a page and this is what that actor did with it and that's John. I mean, that's what you did. Annette, we always talk about her, John Glover, especially. Mm-hmm. I was in a very um, interesting situation where I was just hearing it all and I just had to be there for it all. But you guys all just like elevated everything. So thank you. Yeah, I think we had to. I think, um, you know, if you play into it, like it's sort of it's like playing a comedy. You know, it's like if you are in on the joke, it's not funny. But if you're playing well, it real and grounded, you have to just play it in a reality that will make the show work. Um, I totally agree. But I, I don't know about you. I have been on sets where it's just about getting it over with. Mm-hmm. I've been there. I've wanted to get it over with. You know I've wanted I mean? to just get through it. So we've all done that. I On Smallville, there was just everybody just elevated everything. That's yeah. my You weren't just my walking thing. through it. Everybody was there to make a good show. Martha and yep. Jonathan hear Clark's plea for getting answers, and Jonathan volunteers to go with him to Dr. Swan, but Clark is adamant that he needs to go alone for some reason. I actually think there is a reason. He ha- needs to do this alone. He doesn't want... Hey. He, he want, I, I just felt like this is time for you to be a man and go do this. And I thought that was a great choice. Clark goes to visit Dr. Swan, finds him in the back room of the Planetarian. So uh, this might be a good point for me to kind of fill the audience in. So we, we filmed 95% of this episode with James in Vancouver. And then Greg Beeman and I, and we've talked about Greg Beeman a lot. Him and I jumped on flights over the weekend and we flew out to New York City to work with Christopher Reeve to, um, to film this. And the quick story is the idea was we were going to film Chris talking to me and then he was going to be allowed or to go. Right. He wasn't going to stay there for my, my coverage, which if anybody make, you know, two actors talk to each other, sometimes one actor leaves and the other one stays. It doesn't happen. Anyway, Chris wouldn't leave. And I think it was six or seven hours later that his nurse said to him, if you're, because she kept saying, you got to leave. It's time for us to leave. Cause they, you know, it's his dangerous. condition. It's dangerous for him. And she, I remember her saying, if you don't leave, I'm calling the police. It's amazing. And you know, it's funny. I've heard the story 10 times and it still sounds like the first time because it's, 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 it's who he was. You know, he just wanted to give it all. He wanted to put it all out there. Well, can you, can you imagine being him? He's Superman. He's Superman to me. He always will be. Me too. For him to give us that credit, you know, his credit to be a part of our show. It's, it's legendary. I mean, it's, it's just, I, when I'm watching this episode, I'm just, my heart drops. So. Yeah, I agree. Anyway. Uh, Swan talks about how 13 years ago during the media shower, he finally picked up a signal. He was able to decode the message and learn that it is 
This is Kal-El from Krypton, our last hope. Swan then explains how he put the pieces together and figured out that Clark is Kal-El. Clark, who has traveled states to meet Swan and spent months in the caves, obsessed with this truth, seems upset that the doctor has figured this out. Um, well, he's, I mean, listen, it's me watching it, it's like, well, hey, Dr. Swan, where have you been? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm glad you just figured this out and you sent me a FedEx to come see you. I mean, it's it's frustrating for a child well, who's trying to figure out who he I, is. I also think it's also, it saddens you that your parents are out there somewhere and you can't see them and you're just getting a message now at 15, 16 years old and all this time's been wasted where you could have been trying to reach them and have some kind of relationship with your biological parents and it's it's kind of emotional and sad and upsetting all at the same time. It's a very challenging question when a child says, why did my parents get rid of me? Because that's all you know as a child. You have no context of well, well you came down with a meteor what they were shower. Yeah, how would you know that the planet... Yeah, is- but you don't know why. He doesn't know. Clark yeah. doesn't know anything. Yeah, you were giving up. Why? That's the biggest question. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Before storming out, Clark is stopped by Swan, who says there is more to the message. Swan tells Clark that he traced back the signal to Krypton, but the planet is no longer there. So that put it together. Not only that, but when Clark is curious if there are others like him here on Earth, Swan says that there was only ever one message. That's pretty... But is that Jarrell when he was here earlier? No, the only message, there was only one message, and that was for you, Kal-El. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. While this makes Clark feel more alone and hopeless, Swan tells him that he won't find answers in the stars. He must look inside himself. Clark heads back home, and we see him back in the cellar staring at the spaceship. Jonathan interrupts to check in on his son. Clark expresses that he feels more alone than ever, and Jonathan tries to comfort him by saying he is home. Before Jonathan leaves, Clark shares that he has figured out the metallic rectangle that he has in the ship's heart. So he goes to put both the key and heart into the ship, and we see an array of lit up messages from Clark's bio. By the way, sorry, again, with his dad's help. Yeah. Yes, like John, like Jonathan like hands part. it to him. That was beautiful. That was kind of cool. Like, I'm doing yeah. this alone, but now I want you with me. And Jonathan hands the torch over. 
Yeah. I trust you with this. I'm here with you, son. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great. Um, lit up messages from Clark's biological father telling Clark that he will be a god among men on earth. Clark gets freaked out at the idea of being uh, him being a conqueror of worlds. And Jonathan tries to tell him that he, he controls his destiny. Nobody else. That's crazy. That's intense, man. I wish, That's, I honestly wish, yeah. I know it's impossible, but gosh, if every episode could be sort of like this, this sort of, it, it's a, a rare, but it keeps you watching. It's one of, it's something you need to keep you coming back. Um, Ryan, you haven't said much. Well, you guys have been driving this one because it's an important episode, obviously, and Tom's got a lot of good insight. Mm. Um, <laughs> but no, this is one of those episodes, like from the beginning, you can tell there's not, not to like, you could tell like a little more effort is going into this from like the writing stages through like the post stages like uh, you you can sort of tell that like this one this is going to be a more special episode just like there's something about the tone and like the way uh i don't know if it's like i mean maybe the directing is coming through in the acting and the writing and yeah that makes sense there's there's a little bit more effects um it feels feels like a big deal (laughs) ryan that's enough that's enough no i'm kidding always Uh, i like that i'm done oh all right. Interesting things of note. At the end of the episode, inserted between the fading producer credits and the end credits, Tom Welling and Christopher Reeve appear on a public service announcement for the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. Beautiful. Tom and Chris ad-lib and make the crew break out laughing. The musical score for Dr. Virgil Swan is the Fortress of Solitude and main theme from Superman from 1978. Rosetta and Legacy marked Christopher Reeve's final film appearance before his death. Christopher Reeve's character's name, Dr. Swan, is a reference to the Superman artist of the 70s and 80s, Kurt Swan. The Kryptonian message included in the episode are real, using the official Kryptonian alphabet from the DC Comics, which has a one-to-one character transliteration for all 26 letters of the alphabet. And this is the first episode without... An antagonist. Interesting. Yeah. Well, the the antagonist is the unknown. Yeah, the antagonist. You know, that's what Clark is, 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 is. Yeah, not knowing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, kind of, what? The antagonist is the unknown, man. The unknown, man. The antagonist is the uh, unknown. All right. We're going to jump into play these some questions. Bongo, we gotta, let's play some bongos. We got a special <laughs> guest, guests coming on. So let's get through these questions. This is uh, the hotline 213 Jet Cute. Uh, make your messages short. These are the patrons. First, uh, patron, patreon.com slash talkville. We love you. We need you. You support the show. You make it happen. Raj, you're one of my favorites. He's also inside of you, patron. Keeps that show going. Here's Raj. He always has good ones. Here we go. Hey, Raj here. Rosetta's obviously an amazing episode, but during my rewatch, I actually counted seven times that Clark had to lie or be deceptive to someone to avoid revealing a secret. And obviously most of them are with Lex, And the ones with Lex are sometimes so ridiculous that they're laughable. So I'm curious if you guys noticed that. I mean, even if you didn't and you're taking my word for it, do you feel like putting Clark in that situation so many times within one episode is a little bit overkill? I get it. I get it. Uh, It's like, you know, I I think for the most part, I'll speak for you, is Clark and Lex and, and myself, tell me if you agree, is that they both, it's not that they're lying for mostly me i i am at times but for reasons that can hurt someone else it's to protect them it's to protect themselves it's like i don't need to tell you the information that you want because it's my personal information and they're not telling yeah they're not telling the truth they're just telling you what they feel like you need to hear i think i think clark was on the cusp of of a big thing and he didn't know what to do so he just kind of was like everybody's just kind of leave me alone a little bit yeah Hey, Talk Bill. I'm Camille from Florida. So Clark and Lana's chemistry surpasses them all. 
I give them three roses on the Rosenbaum scale, especially for seasons two and three. So my question for you guys is, what movie or TV show love interest chemistry do you think beats Clark and Lana's chemistry? Thanks, guys. Thank you. That's really great. I will, I will give a lot of credit to Kristen because she was incredibly patient with me and I, I know she was patient with you. Um, <laughs> no, but um, I my theory is, and some movies and television shows fail with this, the love interest has to be worth the effort. And Kristen played a character that was always worth the effort. Um, there's a there's a Batman movie where he had to make a choice between two characters, and it, it wasn't a big choice, if you know what I mean. And it wasn't just looks or anything. But um, you have to have that other character be worthwhile for your effort. Yeah, I mean I, that's like yeah. And I think um, I think of uh, the Notebook, <laughs> that chemistry that's just like it was really intense. But here we go. Could you could you imagine if Lex and Lana had that scene of like I will always tell you when you're wrong in the Notebook? Oh my god! I wrote I you remember that every scene. day for a year. Hey guys, it's Brittany from Denver, and this is in regards to season two, episode seventeen, Rosetta Stone, one of my absolute favorites episodes. I don't know what you guys thought or caught this little wordplay, but I thought it was so funny when Chloe's telling Clark about Dr. Virgil Swan. She says he's labeled as the man of tomorrow, which is what Clark uses in his presidential campaign. So I just didn't know if you guys noticed that and thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. I remembered that. I thought it was a, a good, uh, what do you call it, callback. Yeah, it was a good callback. It was cool. I liked it. Uh, Brandon, voicemail. Hi guys, this is Brandon from Pittsburgh. In the final shot, John Schneider and Tom have this chilling moment where Jonathan guarantees Clark that he's a force for good. But both of their faces reveal how troubled they are by the ship's message. Was that a directorial choice or just really good acting? Gives me goosebumps every time. Thanks, guys. It was a great, by the way, that was great when, when he hugs you and the look on his face before they go to black. That was like, oh, he's like, oh shit, I don't, I don't know. There's a, Ilya Kazan, who's a very famous old school director, uh, I read a quote one time where he said, it always looks better on a guy's face when he when he's not knowing. And I think that's what John did there. He didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. And I think that's fun to watch. It was, it was very powerful. Hey, guys, this is Dan from Illinois. Tom, you were really the only actor that not only got to work with Christopher Reeve, but also pretty much got his endorsement to carry the legacy forward. As a person, what does that mean to you? Keep up the great work. Always hold on to Smallville, guys. Love you. I mean, it's it's it was astounding. He He said to me... I'm glad you're the next Superman. And I said to him, well, I'm not. I'm, I'm playing Clark Kent. And he said to me, well, you should be. And I still get chills and I got chills at the moment. Him and I, I don't know, him and I got along. Even if you see that, that thing we did for the announcement, me sort of razzing him a little bit. You know, him. we just had the same stupid sense of humor like you and I have. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was just fun. He was just great. Hi, my name is Jennifer from Michigan, and I just got done watching season two, episode 17, Rosetta. After watching this episode, um, I want to know what was the most difficult aspects about your characters that you had act out, and then also what were the more funner or more easier aspects of your characters when acting? Um, I just try to, again, I, I just try to keep it real, grounded, um, not twirl my mustache or whatever, just sort of play it ambiguous at times and save intensity for those moments when it warranted that tom uh character wise it was just fun to to be on this journey of discovery from a otherwise it was you know i left set on friday got on a plane it was a red eye flight to new york with worked with chris landed at midnight and was on set monday morning at 5 30 it was you know it was just I, I slept on the plane jeez i think eddie here eddie 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 Hey, Clark. Eddie. 
Hey, Mike. Hey, Tom. This is Eddie from Rochester, New York. Loving the podcast. I was wondering, what was your very first interaction like with Christopher Reeve? Were you nervous about anything about what he would say about your portrayal of Clark Kent? Did he give you any advice? Stuff like that. Uh, yep. Well, thanks, guys. Keep the good work. I was, um, I, re- I, I vividly remember, um, we were there, we saw the set, we, we, you know, we blocked everything, Greg and I, well, Greg did, I mean, I was there, but this was a new crew for him, so he was telling them, you know, the style of the show and whatnot, so we knew, and then we kind of, like, stepped away, and then we knew that Chris was showing up, and there was a little bit of a conversation of, you know, hey, guys, just relax, because, you know, Chris is, has, has the condition, as we all know, but don't feel weird when you meet him, and when I met him, the first thing he did was he made me feel comfortable because he didn't feel sorry for himself. That's how I felt. I don't know if that translates to you guys. It does. He didn't feel sorry for himself. So I didn't have to feel that way. And that's why we had this banter. We were joking around a lot. That's you know? amazing. There, that What you just yeah. said was so profound. It's like he didn't feel sorry for himself. So why should you feel sorry for him? That yeah. to me is more powerful than, than anything. Um, that's amazing. Susanna. Last question, Susanna. You better be good to me. Hey, fellas. It's Susanna from Los Angeles. And my question is for 217 Rosetta for Tom. Um, it was about 20 years since Christopher Reeves played Superman when he guest starred, which is cool. So now that it's been about 20 years since the start of Smallville, how does it feel to be in that position? And what wisdom would you now pass on to a younger actor playing Clark? Well, that's funny. I, I hadn't thought of that or done that math. I've met a, you know, I've met a, I've met all the other Supermans who are alive except for Henry, which I'd love to meet him. You'd be surprised. They're all great guys. Like, I think you got to be a nice guy to play this character. I think, I know, Why'd I don't you think you can it? act that part. Why'd you play it? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I think I was, I was not typecasted. <laughs> Uh, yeah, these are great questions. Again, thank you, patrons, non-patrons for calling in, uh, patron.com slash talkville, support the podcast. Uh, we need you and we appreciate you. Um, yeah, I guess right now is the time when we will bring on the creators of Smallville. Very exciting. Al Goff, Miles Miller. Um, sometimes they say Millar, but that was because of a a special effects guy named Bob Millar, I think. Bill, Bill. Bill Millar, who I flew one time on a plane with he's really sweet big giant hands ginormous man um but anyway i'm excited um let's do it let's talk to alan miles creators of smallville they created wednesday they've done so many things uh they don't put us in them but they do a lot of stuff (laughs) we love them we're kidding with you sort of and uh here they are If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Adidas, Walmart, Nike, Wine.com, Samsung, Lenovo, Sephora, and more and even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. We were just talking about this episode. We, we, we couldn't even possibly, we have so much more to say. But yeah, the first thing that comes to my mind for Rosetta is, you know, you're writing these episodes and you're breaking these episodes, but this is such a special, bigger episode that it feels like a lot more work was put into it. And I don't know how you guys had the time to sort of get, was it something that you were kind of planning for a while? Tell me about that. Also, I, Michael, that was a great intro. I will also say that re-watching it, I was so all over the place and in it that now I watch it and I see the scope of it and I'm so impressed. So how did you guys do it? How did you get him? You know what I mean? Like, how did you, no. how did you choreograph? A lot this of thing? questions. Go ahead. Yeah. Let's hear it. Well, we we knew this season was really about Clark finding out about his adopted parents. It is a boy finding out his adopted parents. And we knew when he first heard the words Kal-El and Krypton, we wanted it to be Chris, Christopher Reeve. So we reached out very early because I believe this episode shot in like early January, February, um, if, if I recall, because it's episode 17 or something like that. So yeah. we... Um, we reached out very early through his agents and I think his agent was Scott Henderson. And we said, you know, is Chris aware of Smallville? We, we have a part. We love him to do it. Can he, you know, what do we need to do? So this was, pr- this was in the fall and Scott reached out to Chris. And then a couple of weeks later, we heard back. He's seen the show. He's really impressed. He, he really likes the guy who plays Clark. And, um, <laughs> Nothing and, about lexicals. Yeah. You know, you know, no. um, yeah, that would have been weird. But he said, and, and he wanted to have a conversation about it. So, so I got on the phone with Chris. And what's really fascinating is when you spoke to him, you had no idea of his condition, and you never had a short phone conversation with Christopher Reeve. I, they were at least forty-five <laughs> minutes long, and wow. he was a fascinating, lovely guy who had a lot to talk about. Was very direct, you know, was very honest about his situation and how that worked. And the thing he wanted was, um, you know, there's. A, there's a, a donation to his charity, to the Christopher Reeve Foundation and a PSA with you. And that's where things, this is where like, I don't care who you are, what show you're doing. This was a hit show in season two. And we had literally Chris Reeve. And that took four months of who was going to pay the money for, because it's more than just a top of show guest star. So, uh, yeah. so that, that became a yeah. big negotiation. Also, the, the production element in terms of going to New York and shit, that whole thing was a whole yeah. you know, that, a different story. And all of it was just a headache in terms of the, a regular TV show. But obviously yeah. something that we were all committed to doing that we knew would be so important for the series and for the legacy of Superman. Did you, did you find yourself, uh, Miles, I have a feeling that one of you guys get to the point where you just were like really stern and really like, what the fuck <laughs> on these conversations? Get this fucking that's usually thing our done. First, that's, that's our first response, usually. That's like, how Miles it so, leads. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 alpha, but it's so obvious. And so again, we felt it was so important that this that this episode we knew it was going to be a cornerstone episode of the show. Yeah. And the show in season two it just exploded in popularity. So it was like it was the moment, and Chris was just 
felt like that, you know, achievable, but amazing person to get into the show as, as, a, as a, they called it stunt casting, but he was like the gold standard. If we could get him, it was just like, it was the seal of approval. It was everything. Well, it's the, the um, it's the, 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 it's almost like the guy with the, the sword that yeah. knight, you're knighting the knight. There's yeah, probably yeah. a better way to say that. But I, the other, the thing I remember also, like, I remember not being like so easy to like get to New York and, and Greg and I went, but you guys weren't there. And no, I, I remember I was, I was there. You were there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Thanks. And I went I, <laughs> remember, I went I went the next time. I went the, to the in season three. Oh, Legacy. Okay. Legacy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, and, I uh, mean, it, it was a big deal for all that to have to happen. And you know, you and you and Greg basically you have a day crew. Yeah. You know, it's and and that's a lot of work. That adds two hours to the day just getting everybody up to speed. Well, I, here here's what I remember, because we we had to we had to do it in New York. And we had him for a limited period of time yeah. because of his, because of the condition. They said, here's what you have him for. Um, we reached out to John Wells, who, and we shot that scene in one and of John the- John Wells was, he was one of the biggest producers at the Warner Brothers. He ran ER, he had this show Third Watch. I mean, he was huge. He is huge. West Wing. Yeah. 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 Um, and so we, sh- we shot it in one of the Third Watch, like, storage rooms i mean it was oh. a studio so we 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 shot it out there and I, there's a couple of things i remember first is chris showed up we greg blocks it and chris goes well i mean well this is kind of boring because i'm just sitting here like can't can we do anything else and we're like well well chris we we have a certain amount of time with you and we do, and we want to be respectful of that and he goes i'll stay as long as you need just just let's make let's do the best scene oh boy so that was a and then the second thing i remember is Tom welling about three hours in going wow these new york crews move really fast i'm like yeah <laughs> that's amazing hey when you That's when true. you guys got right the uh you know you got the score that's the right. john williams from the oh, 78 yeah. superman which is right behind ryan um yeah how much money was that do you recall the price on it, that it, this is the thing michael it wasn't that much money and we were surprised to learn that because it was scored in london so it wasn't done with american music unions so it was weirdly very affordable. That's how we were but able to. How impactful is that score? It is yeah. like, oh man. But if I, but, but if I remember, but it wasn't like available to us all the time. Like we, that's right. Correct. Small, they wouldn't let us have it all the time. Right. No, okay. No. That's what I remember. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it was, it was the weird, uh, you know, that was always that, the, the conflict between the, the feature department and the TV department yeah. of Warner Brothers. Always yeah. these divisions were always at war. Always you couldn't have this, you couldn't have that. And, we, and the TV was always like second fiddle. Always. Even though we had that was, yeah. 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 And that was like, but it's so, it's so meaningful in this episode. It's just like, it's gives me chills every time I hear it. It's incredible. I mean, if you're talking about spending $200 million on a Superman movie or a billion dollars on a television show. You'd think you you think the television show would get some leeway, but it doesn't it doesn't work that way. I th- I have a feeling out from just talking to you guys over the years even back to Smallville, everything was like pulling teeth. Well, I the other I, I mean many that. I how, mean it was just always an uphill battle a lot of times. But, but also how were you guys so smart to navigate all the politics when it came to Smallville? How did you guys know? Like how well, did you do it? I, I, I don't think we were that smart. I mean, it, it was it was picking picking the right people to support to support you, which side you're going to be on, and always oh. like picking picking the right battles. And it was obviously to have a hit show. That's that's the biggest compliment you have. That that's the the, the power you have is that the show's a hit, and no one's going to like disrupt that. Who would, yeah, um, yeah, yeah I, I was going to say who was the one person, or how many times did you have to say Miles, let it go, or Al, let it go. <laughs> 
<laughs> but you guys, but you guys both, I sorry, every time Michael asks a question, I jump in, but you guys both, I felt like had your own lanes as a, as a partnership. You know, yes. Miles is very specific about colors and looks and clothing and things. And Al, I don't know what you did, but it was like, <laughs> how dare you, kidding. sir? But no. I think I, I just f- always felt like you were both there, but in different in different ways. Yeah, they complimented but, each other. They both had their strengths and weaknesses. I always felt safe. For instance, Miles yeah. told me a lot of times he'd let Al have you know be you know he'd be there and he knows everything, but Al would sort of guide the ship and he would be there for support because he doesn't like talking to fucking people a lot of times. <laughs> me, yeah. that's right. So no, but that's that's the. That is definitely the partnership in terms of we definitely have our own lanes and we, we that's it. We always speak in with one voice. We never like contradict each other, which is, I think some partnerships do. It's just like, if I say something that Al will, I know he'll agree with it. It's not like it's, we're talking together always. Yeah. So. I mean, I think, I think what was interesting about this, which again, people don't remember, there was no Marvel Cinematic Universe. There was no cell like, phones. No, you know, it no, was the cell phones. <laughs> there was barely cell phones. Um, so, you know, when we got Smallville, it was like nobody was really paying attention to Superman. And then obviously once the show became a hit and Marvel started, it's, you know, you know, Smallville came out in fall of 2001 and Spider-Man came out in the summer of 2002. And that was kind of the one, two punch of, oh. of, you know, everything was sort of taking off. So when we got to this period, the thing I do remember at this time is there was a script floating around that JJ Abrams had written. That McGee was supposed to direct, and it was a Superman, a reboot of Superman where Krypton didn't blow up. So the biggest art in the book, we were telling the story of, you know, Kal-El and the planet blew up. And and I remember Paul Levitt, who, who was a actually a great supporter of the show, and it was would get caught in between the politics of the speech. And he was he yeah. was the head of DC Comics. He was the head time. of DC Comics, yeah. He would I said to Paul, I can't believe I'm arguing 75 years of your own mythology to you. Like the planet blew up. So, wow. you know, it's just wow. a weird you you would always find yourself in these very weird situations. And, you you know, you just kind of had to take them one at a time, you know, and, and we would fight some of it. Frankly, Peter Roth would fight some of it. You know, getting Lois Lane was a, was a big deal. Like, oh, you can only have her for four and then oh, you can have her for 12 and then you can have. Her. You know what I mean? But was that a, was that after we Erica was cast? Did he extend? This was this was. Well, yeah, I mean, we sort of had. We had cast Erica and we had it. But we, we, they, they only allowed us to do four. That was the deal. Oh, that was the okay, deal. Okay. Yeah. And then they said, oh, you could do it for 12. And then we never asked again. It was just in the show. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I guess I what you learn is that, I mean, even on the, on the side as an actor, when maybe a bad analogy, but when you renegotiate, you're thinking in your mind, oh, God, this is a huge show. And so they're making so much money for the studio. And the, I'm asking for something that's going to they're going to be like, absolutely. And then you get the they 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 say and then the they give you shit. They offer you such a low number well, that you're almost like, what? It's yeah. We're no, now they, in the Michael Rosenbaum business affairs podcast. Yes. Well, <laughs> they, yeah. Well, but, by the way, they you even get to a point where they go, well, you could ask for more, but then you're going to make everyone upset. I remember hearing oh, that. It's and the, I remember being like, yeah. what? What do you mean make everyone upset? It's the you should be grateful argument. Yeah. That's what it always Al, says. Are yeah. we, Al, are we even allowed to talk about the uh, thing? We could always cut this out. Jason's listening. But uh, <laughs> when Peter Roth tried to fire me. <laughs> I didn't came, know about this. Yeah, he came into Alan Miles' room 
I called him and asked him to do that. I thought yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, Peter stormed Finally, into, the during renegotiations revealed. or whatever, and then I, you know, for whatever, he was so upset, and then he walked into Alan Miles' office and he said, "You fire him, fire! I want him fired." And then Al, <laughs> what did you say? Wait, but we said there's really Peter, and this was in season three. Is, is this said, the first time he ever walked into your office, by the way? Because usually we <laughs> I mean, all I go think to we see were him. called to his office, no doubt. Yes, oh, okay. that's, that's I, I was going to say. Peter yeah. wasn't walking across to our office. Yeah. And, you know, we, as you know, we generally stayed out of this stuff until we had to get involved. And in, in the negotiation, in the negotiation steals, stuff, yeah. like, and then that came in and we got a call and it's like, this is tough. And, you know, it was the <laughs> Superman had a lot of other villains. And we're like, well, if, if you know, if you get rid of Lex Luthor right now, the show's over. The show is Clark and Lex. You know, that's the show. And, he, and guess what? Peter knew that, which is, I think, probably why he was so angry that they had to. And they finally, those deals that can always be very contentious. Mm-hmm. And then. And so they always, they always start at a really insulting, insulting. place. That, always. Yes. That, that leaves a, a really bad taste I, in your mouth. It's like, why? Why? Know. You know, you know, this stuff. So it's, it's always the most frustrating. It's, I mean, my but, joke with business affairs executives is why solve it in three phone calls when you can do it in 12, you know, so that they, that's what they like to do. So, oh, it's so yeah. true. It's just, everything is just so hard. So I guess back to this episode is yeah. it's just, you watch it and everything was so calculated. It was so every, just every scene for, I mean, especially anything regarding uh, Clark's character. And yeah, but I mean, you think of those parents, I mean, this is who we're not talking about is James Marshall who directed it. Yeah. And he's, James has directed every, every show we've ever done and is a superstar rock star director and i mm-hmm. think you see this is in every frame of this you see his care and his passion and his insanity agreed um so i no, think I, I know yeah we we know right <laughs> just like <laughs> love him emotion, adore him yeah yeah but the emotion he gets out yeah how much more invasive lack of a better word were you in the cut as opposed to most of the episodes where you let things go was this very specific and like even a nuance such as when jonathan hugs clark at the end and that look on his face like he has fear too i mean was that something like, in the editing that, room is that, that on the cre- page that, that was on the page that yeah, was on the page that was off the page yeah yeah you, you know you have this very sort of big uplifting episode and you think it's all great and then the spin we wanted to bring to it is well what if your adopted father is an asshole? You know what I mean? So even if it ultimately doesn't turn out to be the case, that idea that you were sent here to do something that you don't want to do. Gotcha. So that and then and now that you've discovered that, you know, Jonathan's like, well, we let him go and do this because that's what you, that's what we had to do. That's part of the, you know, the contract being, you know, adopted parents. And now you're like and he's worried, too. So I think it was like you're obviously freaked out. Clark was obviously freaked out. But then to see that on Jonathan's face, too, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Tom. Yeah. Sorry about cutting off. I, I was just going to say, I really, one of the things we talked about prior to having you guys on is really feeling that connection, even the episode before and throughout, but like the episode before in this one, the, the father son thing, Jonathan and Clark just really became so, so evident to me. And like, you know, John at the time was a father. I wasn't. And so me now watching and I watch it through a different lens. I have two little boys now and I'm yep. like, oh my God, like I couldn't have been that dumb if I had two <laughs> boys myself to play Clark. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. He needed his dad, and John did it, man. He yeah. did it. Oh, my God. Both of them. I mean, Annette as well is brilliant yeah. in that episode. I mean, so all those things with the family are like, oh, my God, gut wrench. What are your it's favorite like episodes, amazing. guys? What are If you had to name three episodes, 
What would the top three be for you guys? Well, I think this one, I love the episode Ryan and oh. I like I like uh, Memoria when I directed. I love that episode. What about the pilot? For yeah. God's sake. No, I, for me, it's the pilot Rosetta and Memoria. And then I think right on the fourth one would be the hundredth episode where Jonathan dies. Was also- oh, yeah. I mean, by the way, I think Insurgence is a brilliant episode too. Yeah. I think that's just yeah. a masterclass in direction. My one of my favorites is Transference, just because I got yes. to switch with Glover. Yeah, but that's just from a yeah. from my perspective. But I will say that um, the episode that where Jonathan dies when we go to conventions, I hear more about that than any other episode. I really do. People really gravitate toward that. Yeah, yeah. that was weird because John was so angry at us. You know, yeah. just like so oh, angry. Re- like, why you? Why? And it was, it was like, it's like, but it's part of the Superman law. You yeah. know, it's, it's an inevitable element of this story. But he was like, he was not happy with us. Yeah. It was season, uh, uh, when he passed away, uh, season, season five. five. Yeah. Season five. I remember that I have well, some uh, behind the scene footage of like the funeral and stuff. <laughs> it's pretty fun. All I ever heard from every other actor on the show was how unhappy they were coming and going, flying this, flying that, their contracts, this and that. Mm. And I'm just there all the time. So I heard it from all of them. And I was like, okay, cool. So action, you know, (laughs) everybody was unhappy to be there and unhappy to leave. I mean, it's just, it's well, that, that's, that's the thing about being an actor, though. It's like you yeah. get the deal, and then all you want to do is get time off. You don't want to work Fridays. Well, that's the joke. It's always that's the, the same. joke. The joke is, <laughs> I need a job. I want a job. I want a job. You got the job. When? What days do I have off? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Literally. I know mm-hmm. it's true. I, you look. I mean, uh, yeah. Again, this episode, it just it's it's just one for the books. It's just it's it's special. Just, what can you say about yeah, it? Yeah, it really is. Well, no, it hits so many, so many notes. It's just like it's epic. It's beautiful. It's deeply emotional. It's iconic with Christopher. It's just like so. Many, it's the iconic for the legacy of Superman. Everything about it is just like it just works. And the effects, the effects, like in the in the scene where they're seeing the the messages and, and what they're what he's reading. It was like this is twenty two years ago. Yeah, and it still yeah, was right? good. Sometimes the effects don't hold up, obviously, because yeah. they've yeah. come so far. But um, no, it's it's. I mean, it was, and he talked about that because he was telling. Tom, I don't know if you remember, he's telling us when he was shooting the movie, like how many days he was just on a board, like they had to shoot him from every angle. And, you know, we were talking, explaining to him, like how quickly we turned those episodes around. Um, And he and he was really amazed by that, you know, just what what it had done. What I recall is him and and I've seen this beyond just my conversations with him, but they were figuring out wire work day to day like no one had really done wire right work. right so he was flying past lois lane and hitting a wall yeah. and they're like okay let's reset <laughs> yeah. like that that's what he was doing it's um, true yeah and i think i i think for us for this getting him on the show if there were any kind of i think superman doubters out there i think it definitely legitimized the show for the fan base as well yeah yeah well, well look guys i mean it's already been 20 minutes i could talk to you for an hour but what's great about this is you're going to come on for other episodes we love doing this the fans love it they love you know i'm miles i'm going to start calling you randomly in the middle of the night just saying hey yeah you never do you can get i'll get a little love i got nothing i'll give so, it to you well, i'm going to give you some i'm going to give you as we call the penetrable beam of light in the caves what is it called oh my god i don't know you know the the when the when the thing when the yeah yeah oh it lifts Mike, them up michael's not a writer it's yeah. A, yeah this, yeah. this snaking wonderful light yeah. caves yeah i love that that was so cool and i love dr walden the um how great is dr walden great he's so great and you know it's funny when i was working with him i was like this guy's a goof he's a goof I, 
Like, I, like not a not bad. I just was like, he's just goofy. I don't know if this is going to play. And in the editing, it's always funny. And I say this because sometimes guest stars, you, you know, sometimes not him, but you feed them lines all, all the time. You're, you're nervous. I understand it. But you're looking at it going, how are they going to fucking do this? And they're doing take after take. And then you watch it and they spend more attention, the editors on the guest star than you. And it's the best performance. You're like, what the how is he that good? Well, but. A big part of that, Michael, is your Lex is so well maintained <laughs> and you're like executed that when you get a doctor who comes in and stumbles a little bit, I could see where you'd be like, come on, get, get your shit together. <laughs> but he's just playing that guy, you know? <laughs> what I love about you in that episode, Michael, it's, it's this guy's annoying you through 90% yeah. of the episode. And I go, I go, Michael's every boss. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Look, we love you guys. This is great. Um, you're coming yeah. back, I hope. I, I just adore the both of you. I'm so proud of Wednesday. It's on Netflix. It's The numbers are astronomical. You're also doing, can we say it? Yeah, why not say it? The Beetlejuice. They're doing the oh, new Beetlejuice. I didn't know that. It is. I am so excited about this. Yeah. Tim yeah. Burton, nice. Alan Miles, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> uh, I, I love you guys. We'll talk to you again. Thanks. Right. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. There's probably a good part of that that probably was just us talking to them that we were so excited that sorry if we 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 stumbled or we went over each other but you know we you got a lot out of it guys don't bitch at us please we love you rosenbaum ratings let's go ryan uh two two and a half i'm gonna go two and a half roses two and a half i'm gonna go four (laughs) breaking the scale you can't do it It, yeah i can you gotta go three i'm gonna go three plus one it's never never (laughs) been done congratulations this is a by the way, this Memoria episode, which I kind of remember Miles directing, I, uh, I I have a good story about that, but we'll yeah. talk about that. Um, zero dead, zero saved, 17 episodes, season two, 25 dead, 28 saved, series 55 dead, 63 saved, Ryan's favorite scene. Let's do it. Uh, all right. Scene one, uh, the cold open. Scene two. What, what is the cold open? It's just he, he's flying. And oh, then yeah. The floating. Yeah. Floating oh, sorry. Okay. Oh, okay. Go. Then he yep. gets hit by uh, the legs. Uh, <clears throat> scene two uh christopher reeve and scene three the end with the ship and john Ooh. two he's gonna say christopher two. reeve i mean it's gotta be i'm gonna say two it's gotta be christopher two reeve. it's gotta absolutely two. christopher, reeve. christopher that was, reeve but that was a good one the ending is pretty amazing wait yeah, no, you I, said three no he no, said no, two you guys said the, the Chris- i said two and he said two yeah. we, we're all right we're Every, all, everybody's all correct uh okay that's it that's it for this episode it was unbelievable it's it's a long one we hoped you loved it like we did stick around next week as we meet an unexpected visitorin visit visitorin visitor 
he messed him messed up visitor season two episode 18 visitor uh let's say the discussion online let us know your thoughts on the episode over on our socials at talkville podcast or talkville pod show the support please help us out patreon uh, patreon.com slash talkville become a patron and um support the show keep it rolling uh if you want more information like merch from the show or a hotline number you know where that is you'll find it in the descriptions and uh excellent episode excellent time today uh ryan thank you thank you guys it was tom, insightful thank it you. was tom, thank you ryan thank you Michael. great time Dude, and guys, it was great i mean we we only cut it off because we had to i yeah. mean we could talk to those guys forever and we will um remember tom say it always hold on to smallville <laughs> All right, here are the top tier patrons. As you know, Welling isn't here today, but he will be back next week. He's overseas, so I have to do this. I hope you don't mind. I'll emphasize your name. I love you. Thank you for being a patron. Patreon.com slash Talkville. You guys seriously keep this podcast going. Both podcasts. My inside of you in this. I If, if I wasn't introduced to patron, patron, I, I couldn't get through this. I couldn't do it. Period. What a great thing. I, I Great thing to have you guys. Here we go. Top tiers. Nikki G, Leanne P, Raj C, Janine R, Santiago M, Leah S, Little Lisa, Thomas Lee Bloor, Sophie M, that's a D, RBP, Ray H, Karen Apple M, Danielle B, 99 more, Leilani N, Brett G, always hold on to Smallville, Esteban G, DJ Kento, get a W. Kimberly L, Tom N, Tony V, Rodolfo V, Jason W, Osama A, Lama Rhymes with Banana W, Nancy D, Brian G, Sarah W, Amanda R, Teddy 127, Michael P, Ryan R, Jordan M, Hillary B, Ran L, B, Craig G, Christy R, Karen P, Derek G, George L, your L. I just said head your L. Richard S. Heather and Greg. Nico P. I made Smallville say. Butts. Brian H. Eric K. Clark's mom. That's what she said. Kristen B. Takashi M. Kevin E. Nanine W. Stephanie K. Darth Achilles. Finky. Mickey is in her era's era. Stephen F. Damn. Who's that? Damn. Who's that? Jeanette E. Deadvid. General Zod. The Daily Planet goes to 11. Big D, Doug R, Tommy Z, Boston, 68. Ken K, Isabel, Corey L, Ivy, and Sam. Mr. Home Arcade, Amanda K, Jess, Jesse C. Good old Jesse C. Then we have Lumberjack. We have Claire M, D Brown, Joshua W. Alice, be kind. Please rewind. Karen R M, Eldon Supremo, Leslie A.V., Tatiana S, Robert G, Natalia G, Julie, Jules with one eye, McBurts. Ginger Moose, Christoph S, Katie B, Michelle M, Drew, Brittany S, Marisol P, Veronica Q, Sebastian M, Cheryl H, Nick M, Copal Volbert, Preak Only, Matthew and Lincoln, David G, The Coopers, what up Coopers, and Alex A, like a Canadian, Alex A, fantastic, thank you for all your love and your support, we'll see Tom Welling back, don't worry, he's overseas, like I said. Thanks for joining Patreon, patreon.com slash talkville. Uh, thank you. We'll see you soon. <laughs>